Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. Today, we're turning our focus on the virtues of avoiding, and we're grateful to have Kedrin Crosby, the president at Work Wisdom. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. So the first question I want to ask you is foundational. Why is the focus of avoiding meaningful to you? What's what's the big deal about this? Well, I think what's really important about avoiding is that having a healthy relationship with avoiding can really help you have constructive outcomes in your professional as well as personal life. So I was at Hopkins in grad school taking a class in organizational conflict resolution, and I had an incredible professor, Dana Morris-Jones, and she administered the Tom, Thomas Kilman instrument, and, and I was off the charts in terms of avoiding. <laughs> I had very high avoiding, and originally I got my results back, and I thought, gosh, this couldn't be me. I'm this very assertive, strong woman um, taking charge of my life, and then I looked at my behavior and realized, in fact, I did avoid when there were differences to manage. I would often check out entirely, um, take a new job, quit the relationship, you know, ghost someone before <laughs> ghosting was a term back in the 90s. So uh, I had to grow in self-awareness and then recalibrate my own behavior uh, in becoming more assertive, maybe more curious in finding out what the other party wants, and then uh, move into different styles. So I still believe in the virtues of <laughs> avoiding because I work with so many leaders who don't have the skills that I have in terms of avoiding. Yeah. Um, very often, it leads to burnout if we don't know how and when to avoid. And I think avoiding gets a bad rap. So I think that's why it's so important to me. So I, that's what I was going to say. It seems like it's a negative thing. And so I was really curious about this topic today, the virtues of avoiding. Can you clarify the definition a little bit more. Tell us what you're talking about when you're saying the virtues of avoiding. And I'm really thinking about when there are two different interests at play. When I want one thing and you want another, um, what does it mean to avoid when you're managing differences? So what it really means at its core is that I'm being unassertive in trying to get what I want, but I'm also being uncooperative in trying to help you get what you want. Okay. So in the model of, of managing differences, there are really five styles, and avoiding is the style that's both unassertive in helping me get what I want and uncooperative in helping you get what you want. So that's really what we're talking about. Um, there are a lot of uses for avoiding. It's useful, particularly when there's an issue that's important, um, but there are other more important issues that are pressing. 
And so we can decide that's not really essential right now. I find it very helpful when we're trying to embolden others or empower others to be successful that we can, to some degree, avoid so Mm -hmm. that they can strengthen their own decision-making skills. It's very helpful when cooler heads need to prevail and we need to tap the brakes for a little while until others can make um, some progress in terms of managing their emotions and then we can go back in. So what are some concrete tools or practices that maybe a leader or an organization could adopt to move towards using avoiding in a useful way? Yeah. So when I think about a leader learning how to avoid for the first time, I want them to think about their own operating efficiencies, this idea, this very MBA concept of what is your highest and best use? Where do you provide the greatest value? And it's easier for them to begin to avoid if they try to live in that zone, Mm -hmm. that zone where they're contributing the highest and best value to the company. Um, It's easier for them to figure out this is not this is not the hill I'm going to die on. Um, this is not worth the time for me to invest in. I can strengthen another player on my team if I if I don't uh, get involved in this. If I empower them to okay. have the decision making. So uh, I think starting with that idea of knowing clearly what their highest and best uses is a very concrete way to help people constructively avoid embracing the virtues of avoiding. I also think uh, knowing clearly what your values are. There's Mm. a Roy Disney quote that says, it's easy to make decisions when you know what your values are. You can very clearly say, you know what, this is not for us. Uh, It doesn't line up with our values. So so we're checking out. Essentially, we're just going to avoid in this case. We can really only change ourselves, and sometimes that's pretty challenging. What one practice would you encourage our listeners to adopt for themselves uh, that would most significantly improve how they use avoiding? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first first thing that we need to do, and we talk about this quite a lot at Work Wisdom, is grow in self-awareness. So... Mm-hmm. Learn about your own predisposition for managing differences. Learn what nature and nurture, you know, hath wrought in you. And so I think when individuals either take some sort of self-assessment or use the Thomas Kilman instrument and they can learn what their own predisposition is to managing differences, that very gracefully, naturally starts to change behavior. So in my own personal situation where I learned that I had off the charts avoidance, um, I was able to start recalibrating my behavior in terms of my own assertiveness and getting what I wanted, uh, knowing when I wanted to be more cooperative and helping the other party get what they wanted. But it really, it was really contingent on growing in self-awareness in the first place. 
How can a leader adopt the virtues of avoiding? Well, if you if you think about avoiding, sometimes it's just being diplomatic and, and sort of sidestepping an issue. Sometimes it's waiting until there's more clarity on some data or there's an opportunity that makes more sense. Um, or sometimes it's just simply withdrawing from a threatening situation. So I think a leader is wise to consider avoiding as helpful uh, because there are times where it just does not make sense to go into that conflict. I, I think what a leader's goal is, is agility. So mm. they really want to be able to figure out how can they operate in, in all of the ways around managing differences. So sometimes the greatest virtue would be to avoid. In other times, it's accommodating letting the other party have their way. Sometimes as leaders, we want to compete. We compete. We want to get what we want and um, maybe even forcing the other party to sacrifice what they want. It's also helpful to think about compromise where we split the difference and true collaboration where we're being really creative in trying to get what we want and the other party and create a, a mutually agreeable creative solution. So agility is really key, but I think not um, discounting the benefits of avoiding is really important as a leader. In the same vein, they want to notice whether or not they're overusing avoiding. And I mentioned that I maybe overused <laughs> avoidance as a young person. Um, you want to ask yourself some questions like, is the coordination of my team suffering because they're having a hard time getting my input on some decision? Um, you want to ask yourself, does it, does it seem like people are walking on eggshells around here? Maybe that maybe I'm over avoiding. Um, are decisions being made by default because I'm not weighing in when I need to? So you want to notice, you know, am I overusing avoiding? Um, signs of underusing avoiding is is sometimes um, we're stirring up hostilities because we're putting our nose in places where we don't really need to. We're saying things that we don't really need to at inappropriate times. Um, are people feeling harried? Is everyone being overwhelmed because we're over-functioning? We're doing too many things and we're not really embracing that positive no. So the the book by Yuri, who, who also was a co-author on Getting to Yes, um, the positive no is a little bit like avoiding. When are we going to say no to some opportunity so that ultimately we can get to yes? So I think leaders are just wise to embrace agility, uh, self-awareness, thinking about how it can save the time of themselves and their team, how it can focus um, intentions so that we can ultimately be successful. That makes sense. So if I'm listening to this and I'm a leader and I'm kind of burned out, so I feel like this might relate to me, what are some concrete practices or tools that I can use to adopt the virtue of avoiding? 
Well, I, I think that concept, that MBA concept around operating efficiencies is very important. And so really uh, understanding what is my highest and best value here? Where am I the greatest contributor? And if you can think of it almost as a stratification, um, trying not to, trying to avoid any activity where you're not contributing your highest and best value. So that is one mechanism that is very motivating in helping people see the virtues of avoiding. So since we can only change ourselves, and sometimes that's even pretty challenging, what one practice would you encourage our our listeners to adopt for themselves if they see that this might be useful in their organization or for themselves, what one practice would you say would most significantly improve uh, this issue? Yeah, I and just like we always say at Work Wisdom, self-awareness yeah. is very often the first step. Yeah. So if we can grow in clarity about our own predisposition to using the different styles, if we can learn... Uh, you know, am I overusing avoiding or or am I underusing avoiding? And that very gracefully begins to change our behavior because once we know this about ourselves, we naturally start playing to it at a different calibration. So th- that would be my answer is self-awareness. Self-awareness. Well, I'm so grateful to you for being part of this movement of helping others in the workplace enhance their individual and collective team performance. Thank you listeners for downloading The Behaviorist and we hope you'll subscribe. You can stream our next episode where we talk about growth mindset so that we can become better versions of ourselves. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com. You can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and Productions ask questions and suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with One Minute Wisdom by Anthony DeMello. The master sat in rapt attention as the renowned economist explained his blueprint for development. Should growth be the only consideration in an economic theory, he asked? Yes, all growth is good in itself. Isn't that the thinking of the cancer cell, said the master. Thank you.